Welcome back to our study of the Psalms. We are looking at Psalm 30 today. Psalm 30 begins uh, by telling us that it's the Psalm of David, and then it says, a song at the dedication of the temple. Now, of course, David was not present for the dedication of the temple because David had died by the time that the temple was completed. Remember, David was the one who wanted to build a temple for the Lord, but God didn't allow David to do that. Instead, it was David's son Solomon who built the temple. But David did get to sort of build up the, the materials necessary for the construction of the temple to help prepare the way for Solomon to build it. And so it's not surprising that David uh, may have written this psalm intending it to be used for the dedication of the temple, uh, even if he wasn't present when that happened. Uh, let's dig into it. Here's what the first three verses say. He says, I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. So the first thing you notice here is that David is talking right here at the beginning of the psalm about something that has already happened. He is praising God for how God delivered him from something that happened in the past. So sometimes we enter into a psalm sort of as the experience is unfolding, right? So it begins with the trouble, the turmoil, the concern, the need for deliverance. Here the psalm begins by honoring God, praising God for the deliverance that has already taken place. And evidently, David was in very serious trouble. Uh, it sounds as though maybe he had been uh, ill and near to death because in verse 2, he says uh, to God, you have healed me. Uh, he also says in verse 3, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. And Sheol, of course, can mean the grave or it can mean sort of the realm of the dead uh, where we go when we die. And so um, David apparently was approaching death in some way, um, but God heard his cry, heard his prayer, and rescued him. He, read God, he says that God healed him. Uh, he says in verse 1, you've drawn me up. Uh, in verse 3, he says, you restored me to life from among those who go down to the pit. So he was going down to the pit. He was going down to the grave. He cried out to God. God heard him. God rescued him. God healed him. God raised him back up. Then verse 4 and 5 says, Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. What David seems to be doing here is drawing from his own experience a, a sort of principle about how God works, that we go through periods of darkness, um, periods of suffering, um, periods of difficulty, times where uh, we may be experiencing God's anger or God's discipline. But he says those seasons are brief. Those seasons are temporary. What lasts is the favor of God, the grace of God, the joy that God gives on the other side of our suffering and sorrow. You can think, for example, about what it's like um, for many people when they experience conversion. Sometimes that before they 
come to faith in Christ, they go through a period of time, maybe short, maybe long, where they come under conviction of sin, where they become um, miserable, unsatisfied, aware of their need for something else, right? Their need for God. And uh, that period can be excruciating. It can be painful. It can be difficult. Um, but on the other side of it, there's joy and life and peace that that lasts forever, right? Um, and even once you become Christians, we can go through periods of, of hardship, grief, suffering, uh, and so forth. But David reminds us those are temporary, those are brief, because God will restore us. And then verse uh, 6 through 10, he says, As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cry, and to the Lord I plead for mercy. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. So in verses 6 and 7, what David seems to be saying is that there was a time where he felt stable and secure and everything was going well. He, he calls it um, his prosperity, right? He says, I'm never going to be moved. He, everything feels solid and unshakable. And he acknowledges um, in verse 7 that all of that was that, that prosperity, that blessing, that stability, that was due to the grace of God, the favor of God. Because he says, by your favor, O Lord, you made my mountain stand strong. So he's acknowledging it was God's grace that made things that way, so stable, so steadfast. But then at some point there was, there was a turn, right? He says, you hid your face. I was dismayed. So David felt secure. Everything seemed to be going right. And then there was a time where um, David entered a period of, of darkness of some sort, where it seemed that God's face was hidden, God seemed distant. And when that happened, everything fell apart for David. He was dismayed. He was undone. And uh, sometimes God allows us to go through seasons like that, uh, where God feels distant, God feels absent. We pray, but it seems like nothing's happening. We read our Bibles, but it seems like we can't seem to engage or it, nothing seems to be, you know, working. Our spiritual life feels dry and um, barren. And God allows us to go through things like that sometimes um, in part so that we recognize how dependent we are upon him, how much we need him. Um, that when things are going well, when our Spiritual life does seem to be prospering, and and uh, and we feel stable, and that's that's not because of us, right? That's God's grace to us. And when that that sense is withdrawn, it reminds us of how dependent upon God we are for all those good things. Uh, in verses eight to ten, he describes the actual experience that he is celebrating his deliverance from at the beginning of the psalm, right? So, verse eight and ten is where he talks about the period where he felt like he was going to die, where it seemed like he was drawing near to death. And so he's crying out to God for mercy, and he's saying, look, what good is it going to do if I die? Now, of course, if David dies, he's going to still, um, you know, enter into God's presence. And so it's not like he won't be praising God after his death. 
but he won't be praising God on the earth. He won't be telling people on the earth of God's faithfulness uh, anymore. And so he's saying, you know, God, leave me here, rescue me, leave me on the earth, get, extend my life so that I can continue to bear witness about you uh, among the people, right? And praise you and tell them your faithfulness. So he asks for mercy, and we know from the beginning of the psalm that God heard him and delivered him. And then he describes what that's like in verse 11 and 12. He says, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness, that my glory may sing your praise and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. So just like he said before uh, in verse, uh, verse 5, that God's anger is for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. In verse 11, he says, that's been my experience. I was experiencing mourning, but God has turned my mourning into dancing. I was wearing sackcloth, right, because I was grieving or repenting or mourning or whatever it was. But you have now clothed me with gladness. So that has been transformed. That has been changed. Um, and so now he's singing God's praise and says that he will always uh, give thanks to God. So um, David gives ends on that word of you know hope and encouragement. Um, not only has this some this is something that he's been through and experienced, but he's telling us, right, for those who are going through that period of darkness or feel like they are drawing near to death or feel like God's face is hidden, he's encouraging us to to persevere, to seek the Lord, to call out to him, knowing that he will answer. And that period of darkness, long as it may seem, will turn out to be brief compared to the goodness and mercy uh, that God will pour out upon us. Now, let's talk about how this psalm is connected to Jesus. Just like David was drawing near to death and God raised him up, Jesus actually did die, of course, and then God raised him up. And so what David says about himself in verses 1 to 3 um, is true to an even greater extent uh, when we think about what God did uh, in and through Jesus. And when we get to verses 4 and 5, thinking about that and thinking about Jesus, it helps us recognize that what, what God did in raising Jesus up, right, the, the brevity of Jesus' time in the tomb rose on the third day, right, the, the brief span of time there points to God's ways toward us in general. Not just that specific event, but the brief period that, of time that Jesus was in the tomb also points to the fact that God um, turns around right, our darkness um, and quickly, relatively speaking, right? That God doesn't let us um, stay in that darkness and that despair forever, right? But he rescues us. He delivers us. Uh, it also reminds us that the resurrection of Jesus and then our coming resurrection, right, is the ultimate reversal. Jesus has been the ultimate reversal and ours um, coming as a result of his. Um, and it was a reversal not only for Jesus when he was raised from the dead, but also his disciples. They were mourning and their mourning was turned into dancing, right? They were uh, in sackcloth, so to speak, right, grieving. Uh, but then they were clothed with gladness when they saw Jesus alive again. Um, and so how can we pray uh, from Psalm 30? What can we learn to pray from this psalm? Remember to pray in the moment of your need. David cries out when he's desperate, when he's approaching death. He calls out to God, and God hears 
But then don't forget to pray after your prayer is answered. That's what this psalm begins doing, extolling God, praising God for the answer to prayer uh, that God gave David when he prayed in his need. Also, <clears throat> share with others what you learn of God's ways. Uh, that's what David's doing in verse 4 and 5. This is how God acts. This is what God does. Um, it's been a, it might feel like it's going to last forever, but it's going to be brief, this hardship, this darkness. And then finally, don't be afraid to celebrate. Don't be afraid to dance, rejoice, and express the gladness that God has given you when he answers your prayer, when he raises you up, when he restores you, when he blesses you. God bless.